back. It's First Friday Five. It is the first Friday of the month. Happy Ooh. December, holiday season, and we're celebrating with five episodes of a new TV show, and we're judging it based purely on those five episodes. Today's show is Marvel's Agents of Shield. I'm Corbin Zavokold. I'm Cody Webb. And the five episodes we are discussing today are Episode One, The Pilot. Season one, episode two, 084, lowest rated. Season four, episode 15, self-control, which is Cody's pick. Season seven, episode nine, as I have always been, which is the highest rated episode. Season seven, episode 13, what we're fighting for, which is the finale of the show. We watched those five episodes. Uh, it was about a month ago, two months ago when I did it, but Hey, I, I was, uh, reading the official agents of sealed wiki today. And honestly, I understood a lot more of what was happening, uh, than when I watched them the first time. And we have an agents of shield expert on the podcast, our very own Cody Webb. Let's get into this show. What's it all about? Cody, tell the people Marvel's <laughs> yeah. agents of shield. If you guys aren't familiar with uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. here, which I would assume the majority of people uh, probably are not, which is definitely understandable. Um, in a sense, all it really is, uh, actually, I don't know when it exactly started, like uh, 11, 12, somewhere in there. Basically, around the phase one of Marvel, in a sense, they're like, hey, why don't we 2013. do TV? 2013. So a little bit, it was right after the first Avengers movie, which makes sense with the Coulson lineup. That makes a lot of sense. But it's basically, they just did phase one in a sense. They're like, oh my goodness, this is really successful. We should do TV because it's going to make a ton of money. So this is that show in a sense. But all it really is about is like the, obviously it's about the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., not to get too obvious, but it's kind of about the, the people behind the scenes of these superheroes. That's sort of supposed to be the intrigue of uh, you always see Colson in the movies kind of going around doing, you know, uh, sketchy stuff with Nick Fury and otherwise. So it's a little bit of espionage. It's a little bit of superheroes, but um, it's pretty much centered around Phil Colson, this character who uh, we saw die in the Avengers movie. Heartbreaking. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. I mean, it, it formed the Avengers together, basically. Um, and it also formed the show together for better or worse. Oh, I actually did have it down in my notes, but yeah, started in 2013 and uh, it went on for seven grueling seasons. Uh, as Corbin mentioned, we will not touch every season. Hallelujah. Do you think it was a good idea for like Marvel to go into the TV format after the movie success? Well, I think this is really interesting to look at in 2023, a decade after its release. And you look at the last three years of Marvel's tv division or like marvel's expansion into the what it really is the streaming world ostensibly with all these tv shows uh you know starts with wandavision and then expands to falcon the winter soldier loki everything you know and beyond yeah they're doing the exact same thing they did 10 years ago it's it's it, but it was in a time when linear television was a viable a vehicle to create content and to you know produce money and in the same way that disney owns disney plus disney owned abc and they said what's a way that we can hit another audience find another demographic send our content out there into the world and, and capitalize on this this entity that we own it's all very fucking corporate and you know whatever uh it kind of sucks in that way but i think it is interesting because 
the reasons those shows like this and the Netflix ones that they also expanded into were a little bit unsuccessful and ended up not fully connecting to the MCU is because of this like greater struggle between the people in charge. And there's like Ike Perlmutter and Kevin Feige and this large disagreement between the TV studios and the movie studios and the movie division, you know, would not tell the people in TV what was going to be happening, what was happening in the next movies. So they had no way to really write or plan as we get into these later seasons, which is where I think this show begins to really fail in its initial conceptualization that you kind of like hope that these new Disney plus shows uh, would be more successful. I don't know if we've really seen that fully yet. I guess, you know, we get a Miss Marvel show and we we've seen Miss Marvel in, in the Marvels. So uh, there is some better cohesion now than there was then, but it, it's interesting to see how it, nothing's really uh, changed or new. <laughs> no. And yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the TV launch that they've done recently, um, you would have thought that they learned a little bit from the show, but uh, it, it doesn't really seem like it. Um, but like you're saying too, kind of um, tying in why well, I picked it a little bit too, because I did watch this show or at least some of the show live on ABC um, so that's that's part of the reason I, I do enjoy it. A little bit of nostalgia. Uh, I feel like anytime you watch a show live and then look back at it uh, years later, like I did when I eventually came back to the show, um, you kind of just have different goggles for it in a sense. But I didn't I didn't watch season one live. And also too, like um, I think one of the the massive guys behind it, especially the first season, was like Jed Whedon, who's Joss Whedon's brother. Show created by Joss Whedon, Jed Whedon, and yeah. Marissa Tankerone which is Jed Whedon's wife. Oh, <laughs> so nice. Whole, whole family affair. <laughs> little Nepo action. The, fi- but, the uh, finale, Cody, directed by, get this, Kevin Tankeron, which is her brother. <laughs> they've they've spanned wow. the series. They have full circle. remained cool. infected. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. But you hit it on the head, I think, of like, this show was trying to keep up and stay relevant with the Marvel movies. Each season, obviously, like, new Marvel movies would trickle out. And then there'd be like one or two episodes, like, directly trying to play off of that and honestly those were usually the worst episodes because it seems like it was like a last minute sort of writing episode and they're all terrible but yeah i mean this this is mostly like my guilty pleasure show if i'm being honest i do have a few which you've gone over already in first friday five but i think this is probably the worst show that i do genuinely enjoy so I'm, i'm very excited to hear a bunch of your thoughts like you were saying as well with the different seasons i think um they do a lot of like anthology stuff in a sense. So we'll get into a lot, obviously, of, of season one and what's that, what that is about. It's very uninteresting. Spoiler walk, alert. Walk us through the the path of the show. Yeah. What happens here. So, I mean, season one is is the classic, you know, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. spinoff. I feel like it's uh, it's Phil Coulson. He's running a team and they're in S.H.I.E.L.D. That's pretty much it. They're cleaning up after like Thor 2 and stuff like that's that's the first season in a sense. Uh, also, uh, these are like 20 episode seasons, which is pretty uh, mofo ridiculous. Um, season two takes an interesting turn where they have to deal with the events of Captain America Winter Soldier. Actually, it's a little bit at the end of season one. I think it's like episode 19 or, or 20 or something. Hydra-Man. Turn, turn, turn. Good episode. But yeah, one of the main characters in the team, spoiler alert for all this crap. I know nobody cares about spoilers. But uh, Ward, who is you know an essential part of the pilot for sure ends up being, you know, a Hydra agent. So that's kind of a cool setup, you know, long game in television, I think. Um, and then they just go into like a, you know, Hydra 
shield for season two and they bring in a lot more in human in season two as well which is uh, honestly one of the best things about the show i think i think the run from season two to season four is by far the best of the series and that was specifically what i had seen live as well so again maybe a little bit of a nostalgic goggles there but they kind of just go into like uh, finding a bunch of super powered people them joining the team it gets a lot more interesting than just you know a little bit of espionage and then you know there's some bad guys at the end who just are like wearing hydra badges which i feel like is is the majority of season one uh going farther into season three and season four they do a bunch with like artificial intelligence which is definitely one of the episodes we're going to cover um but i think that stretch they also do a lot of space stuff which is really really interesting um in season uh, three specifically within humans and sometimes it does go off the rails but after season four that's pretty much my major cutoff point there's a couple of uh, key deaths which um colson basically dies every season as well i guess that's a spoiler alert but uh he dies somewhere in there um, a couple times and then basically after that they do kind of the anthology spin-off thing where season five they send them into space um and they work on like this mining thing um terrible some of the worst television i've ever seen in my life and then season six is somehow even worse so at the end of season five <laughs> i skip Col- it thankfully <laughs> yeah so at the end of season five colson dies again um and then season six he comes back as like this demon um he's like the devil in a sense he just comes to earth and he's like messing stuff up um and that's that's the entire season so i that that legitimately that one's only like eight episodes i think legitimately the worst eight episodes of television i've ever seen in my life and then the last season they come back and and have a lot of fun uh i think altogether season seven is probably my favorite just because they really go with the campiness i had a couple episodes i really wanted to pick where there's like mac and deke it's just like an old school action movie from like the 70s and they're just having like a ridiculous amount of fun with it but they do a lot more like uh, star trek gobbledygook like time travel stuff in that season as well so i think that's one of the reasons i enjoy it but yeah that's the entire <laughs> that's the rundown of the seasons it's a complete and utter mess but there's little pockets that are decent and i want to talk about those mostly i did watch uh the first three seasons maybe three or four seasons really? um not when they first aired but like ever sometime in high school 15 2016 like on netflix or wherever you could find them as a you know young me just staying up at night fucking watching nerdy shit late at night agents of shield then going you know watching a million youtube videos explaining how it's all connected um i was there cody i was i was in the trenches (laughs) that was the prime of like superhero uh youtube i feel like yeah yeah. nowadays um there's real downfall in that. It was literally like every Marvel show or even like uh, a DC shows like Flash and stuff. Like every episode, there'd be like 100 million breakdowns. Oh, yeah. The, the, this is also, yeah, very CW era um, oh, yeah. as well. I was big into this, that. This could have been a CW show uh, any day of the week, and I think it would have passed. But yeah, overall, um, not great. I probably wouldn't recommend you uh, even start like checking out the show in season one. I would say, like, if I recommended the show to somebody, I would have, like, that, um, the Clone Wars thing where you just give them, like, 50 of the most important episodes. Like, I would just go through and do that, I think. Mm. But actually, like, watching the entire series, it fucking sucks. Like, I, I don't like doing it, but there's just, like, certain pockets, like I said, that are, are pretty good. Yeah. The the title, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I mean, that comes from this old 
Nick Fury comic, Nick Fury, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And obviously this movie would be, or this TV show would be a thousand times better if it just had Sam Jackson as the lead of it. But uh, Sam Jackson is, is, a, is a movie star. He's not going around doing shitty ABC TV shows. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, Clark Gregg, I think, has a lot more availability in his schedule. What do you uh, honestly think about the return of Coulson and the way that they may have changed his character? Do you believe he's, he's faithful to who he was in The Avengers? Um, it's a good question. I mean, I like the idea of bringing him back, especially the idea of like, them more faking his death i like that um, yeah I, I don't love the idea of he was dead and then we use Cree blood to, uh, to bring him back to life which is done multiple times in the series um and also like season one colson is a bit of a shell of himself we don't actually see like the real colson because i mean his mind is all over the place he just got brought back to life there's like a really striking sequence where it's like a flashback and they have like his brain exposed and there's all these little mechanic things like poking his brain. And that's like the entire season is just like his journey, trying to figure out what happened in Tahiti, which again is pretty uninteresting. Magical but... place. Yeah. I... <laughs> uh, we need a counter on that. Um, but yeah, I don't really like Colson in season one. I think after that, it gets a lot better again. Then he dies like three times uh, throughout the rest of the series. So at times it is hard to keep track of, you know, which Colson is this, which Colson is that. Um, even in the last season, uh, he just turns into a robot. Um, but like when he's on screen, it, it still feels like it's just like normal Coulson. <laughs> but like he's a robot. It's not him. He's dead. So it's weird. And season six, like I said, he's a demon bad guy. Season five, he sacrifices himself at the end or some crap. Or he was dying the entire time and didn't tell anybody. So it's it's a lot of stuff. Honestly, I wish I would have picked the finale episode from season five because it's absolutely wild. It's like really messes with your head kind of thing where uh, like somebody has to die because there's two fitzes in the universe, but then it's, it's revealed at the end that Coulson is the one dying. It makes no fucking sense, but uh, it's really funny. Also season three finale, which I almost picked too. Coulson gets his arm chopped off by Mac uh, to save the world. And then the next season, he just has like a robot hand the entire time. So he's constantly <laughs> little, changing uh, Star Wars action. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of Star Wars references about that too. But yeah, Coulson specifically, his movement is probably uh, the most confusing in the series. And I would say probably the worst, yeah. It makes sense that they would hit, like have to bring him back from the dead. Because like he was a fan favorite character. Yeah. He appears obviously uh, in the Thor movie and in the first Avengers where he meets his demise. And he's the motivating force to bring the Avengers together and, you know, get him to rally and, and defeat Loki. But it is kind of tough that, that he, he is just kind of constantly exploited as a weird story beat throughout the uh, entire series run. And you never get like a consistent, especially when it's like supposed to be your lead character. Like you really don't get to ever build like a solid relationship with the same person. <laughs> I guess you're, well i think between season two and season four you do it a little bit mm. um but i agree completely i mean it's a it's an interesting character to like have a spin-off with just because of his role in the avengers but then when like the show has nothing at all to do with the avengers it's kind of like it's not very interesting anymore yeah and, and season one is is god awful all around so I, I i can't really dispute that before we talk about uh something really terrible i'm gonna give you to give a great quote about this mm -hmm. jen steranko 
who was uh worked on Nick Nick Fury Agents of Shield in the 60s mm-hmm. called the show the perfect example of frustration, apathy and disappointment. <laughs> Which I just thought was a beautiful quote. Um I I think that is just uh, like the show is uh because it doesn't have a great budget and it is on TV and isn't super connected with the greater Marvel universe at later points. It is kind of just like leaves you wanting more or it's a lot of showing and uh, not really like telling and kind of doing it poorly and showing you shitty shit. And yeah, it's really baked into this uh, locked box of, of the TV world where it can't, you know, do a lot, but it also tries to do a lot. And yeah. Disappointment, frustration. <laughs> I, I do agree with that <laughs> like this show it is disappointing i don't think i think that's the easiest statement of all time honestly especially coming from like a phase one spinoff of all things but yeah i mean the, the show the writing is not very good the cg is is very bad at times uh the acting it varies completely when we have like new side characters who come in and are just not good actors you know like what's going on even even the leads like ward I don't even know that guy's name. He's a terrible actor. Um, but you get your standouts. They kind of weed out some, Brett some of the Dalton. Yeah, that is Brett Dalton. He hasn't really been in anything. He kind of looks like Matt Bomber, but he's not. But yeah, I think they weed out some of the, the worst members of the cast as we go along. Um, like Fitzsimmons is awesome. I think they should be working a, a ton more um, in Hollywood. Overall, the cast sucks, if I'm being honest. But they, they they kind of had to do just what they were working with, in a sense which sometimes is really bad, but sometimes they had some fun episodes. They, they had a lot of room to be creative, I think, more than that. Let's talk about this god-awful theme song uh, title sequence, because... Yeah, it's not even a theme song. There isn't really one. It's just like, it's just Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> well, I mean, also, over the show, like, it, it changes. changes from season to season, yeah. So season one, you get that classic, you know, just logo of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then season two and three, they do some some fun stuff where it's like oh Gemma's in space so we're gonna have like a space one which they do that again i think in season seven and and season five too i guess but season uh, four is uh like machinery kind of like starkish it feels yeah it's like the lmd ai vibe also um i think it's it's either the second half of season no it is season four the first half is a ghost rider themed they have robbie reyes and they have like a Ghost Rider Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, sort of logo. So, yeah, you know, it is what it is. But like, I feel like this show, you have the time to do like a 60 second like theme song because it's like an hour long program. And there's <laughs> there's 20 episodes a season like you have. This is a perfect show to have like a really cool and long theme song. So I don't really understand why they didn't cook one up. I mean, I feel like the MCU in general has, has pretty decent music. Just you know, get uh, Michael Giacchino in the studio for 10 minutes and he can cook anything up better than we got. So I am very disappointed by the lack of theme song in a sense here. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't do it. it it's, I wonder what the, the reasoning was. For the yeah, show. it doesn't make any sense, honestly, because I feel like it would it would be the perfect opportunity to, to have a bang song in there. But yeah, I think on our, our tier list here, it's it's got to go bottom. directly down to the bottom. Right? Yeah, what a... What else is at the bottom? What's what's down there? With National you? Treasure. I oh. think. I mean, even that. It's better. At least that. it's got a song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a pretty bad one. But yeah, I, I think it slots at the very bottom. Sorry to uh, ASOS. 
Is that no? <laughs> no. Agents Who? of Shield AOS. Oh. It's just awesome. Yeah, it is just AOS. AOS. It's like a NOS. Or like, I guess it's mouse. NOS with an mouse. A. <laughs> Marvel's Agents of Shield. Mouse. Dead mouse. Let's get into the first episode, Cody. Let's do it. Season one, episode one, the pilot. This does take place uh, September 2013. It's between Iron Man 3 and Thor 2, actually, is where this is uh, slotting in. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about the pilot. What do you think? You're the pilot. <laughs> it's a, these first two episodes, is this going to be an absolute, just me shitting on these episodes, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> this first episode, and also uh, the lowest rated, which is the one we will do next, is season one, episode two. So obviously the pilot is the first one. Um, it's only rated, I believe, 0. 0.3 or 0. 0.4 points higher on the IMDb scale. And that still put it in uh, the top five worst episodes. So the pilot's bad. It, it's definitely not good. I think um, it, it's got a really campy setup too, just like the opening crawl. Um, it's like, oh, we're in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This show is going to be amazing. Avengers, the Shatari. <laughs> oh my There's goodness. superheroes, the corny ass <laughs> narration. Yeah. Um, and then pan down on on child and father looking right. into a store. I wanted to uh, ask you about the opening scene. Like, um, do you think it's fairly effective? Like, uh, obviously the CGI is a little wonky, but I think it's kind of a compelling intro. I think it looks fine. I do want to talk about the um the DCEU move of all the here the like the dolls in the windows faces not being shown it's like this weird thing of uh we're gonna have superman but we're gonna you know cut him off at the the neck and uh there's captain america there but you're only seeing him from behind because we can't i guess pay for i don't know what like they have the licensing i don't know what the rights are there (laughs) it's just strange (laughs) i get it but also i don't know i think it's a little campy but um talking about like uh the superhero opening of like because i mean that that's like the strength of the show too from the trailers it's like oh we're gonna have more heroes introduced and that's gonna be kind of what what our agents are are kind of surrounding around which that's kind of what they do in the later seasons but it's not really what they all they do at all in season one but but we do have deathlock here who does come back later on Mm. and he's kind of a uh sort of a pivotal, pivotal character in the comics and stuff but I, I thought his intro was 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 pretty bad here. Um, I mean the the beginning like jump out of the building is kind of a cool shot. I feel like that's a good trailer shot again. But man, he's a real dick in this episode. Uh, kind of the no arc just goal. doesn't really make sense. <laughs> it's yeah. like you know, oh, I've got a kid, and then it's like, and now I'm gonna beat the shit out of my boss. <laughs> yeah. Which I so, mean, hey, like uh, I you know whatever. <laughs> People get mad sometimes. But I guess we're still dude. But. I don't love that uh, part of the pilot. And then as well, kind of just the introduction of the team after that. I'm not a big fan of either. Specifically, I already mentioned Ward. Um, I, I want to hear your thoughts on this too, but um, his intro, I think, is some of the worst spy espionage stuff I've ever seen in my life. Um, just so lame. I think his, uh, his escape route as well, where he's just like hanging out a rope in a helicopter and they just like fly away. Like they don't even bring him up. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, doesn't he's even fucking badass, man. But I fucking hate his character. Oh, he's um, the best since Romanov. Yeah, okay. <laughs> You're also telling me this guy, he's as good as Black Widow just because he, he found like a secret entrance in, in this guy's uh, fireplace. Come on, man. Like, uh, you're absolutely losing it. But welcome to uh, 
Sector 10, whatever it was, I don't even know. What do you think about the Colson reveal? I mean, it's fine. Again, you you instantly get the like Tahiti, it's a magical place thing that they're gonna seed in, and then he walks yeah. away and he doesn't really know, does he? And fucking <laughs> Colby Smolders is there. He can never know. <laughs> you know. Really laying it on heavy. Uh shout out our special guest star of this episode, Colby Smolders. Uh, we love Robin. I don't know, Cody. It, it it's dramatic. Get you know that 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 set is very strange. I think the whole thing is level seven, Cody. It's uh the Avengers. Sure. They aren't level seven. That's where they're yeah, they're hanging out. Yeah. Uh, the, the set though, it's just like a dark room. It's just so poorly lit, and then yeah, it's it's really yeah. weird. It's like Shield headquarters in the middle of nowhere. But um, the lighting's terrible. They do bring back that place as well, and. Uh, season one which is the second uh lowest rated episode called the hub god it's fucking terrible but they do come back there eventually um i i like colby smolders um in this episode i think that's a cool thing to have uh she does come back as well in in another tv show uh secret invasion she's in the pilot of that one too uh doesn't go as well for her uh spoiler alert. um <laughs> i love her inclusion in here i think she is underused and um I wish she was in a ton more of the show. I feel like having her as a regular on this team would have made a ton of sense. And it's not like Colby Smolders is, you know, in every movie ever. Like I, I think she has, you know, a decent amount of availability. So, I mean, she like, is a fucking TV act. Like that's where she yeah. made her fucking bread and butter. I mean, I think she, she was didn't, didn't just, want to do more. I don't know. I think she was just doing like other TV maybe at the time, um, which kind of sucks, but yeah, I do like her inclusion in here, but like you said, I think the characterization of Coulson is just way off, and then um, it kind of just bleeds into all the side characters. Like I said, Ward's garbage. Um, Fitzsimmons I love. You're going to hear a lot of praise from Fitzsimmons in this episode. Uh, May is an interesting introduction. I, I like I like May's writing mostly throughout the series because they don't really give her anything to do until they're 100% sure of where they want to move the character almost. So her kind of being this, you know, desk pusher, um, but also, you know, having the reputation of of being somebody badass, I think is cool. And they don't delve into her backstory right away, too, which is, is pretty dark and messed up. Um, and I like that as well. But yeah, I mean, the only real redeeming factors, I think, here are, are Fitzsimmons and, and their awesome chemistry. Um, even season one, Fitzsimmons is they're kind of like annoying going back and forth with, with each other and kind of overplaying that they're kind of the same person in a sense but i mean they're the ghost characters of this show i think they made me cry down these are annoying nerds <laughs> yeah this episode oh. i agree but <laughs> simmons they carry the show man like i said I, I they did like a spin-off show and in, in season two with a couple of fun characters i'm not gonna lie bobby and hunter or they were going to do a spin-off show and then it didn't happen but they just spun them out of the show in a sense uh, I wish they did a Fitzsimmons spinoff show because that would have been awesome. But that's most of my thoughts on this episode. Uh, it's pretty fucking terrible. How I Met Your Mother was still airing until 2014. So there was that. Um, a little overlap. But otherwise, not a lot going on for uh She was in Kobe. some other show where it's like some crime shit. I don't remember. Uh, she did voice the uh, Maria Hill character in the Marvel's uh, Lego Avengers video Ooh. game. That must have... So uh... commitment. Must have kept her schedule busy, yeah. She she was the mother in the series of unfortunate events in 2017. Um, mm, I guess the Netflix nice. one. There was that. Um, also Neil Patrick Harris. There you go. Must have been the whole high match yeah. from the cast. Yeah. Whole crew, 
whole crew rolled up gone girl favorite neil patrick harris um this episode ends in a bit of a cliffhanger to really get you to go watch the next one. Oh, we have an what is it? Is it 084? 084? How do you say it, Cody? I can't no, even know what the fuck. Not it just is. 084. 084. 084. Yeah. 084. You better go watch the X to figure out what it is. And if you remember, <laughs> if you're really into the lore, you'll know that that's what Thor's hammer was in Thor. So you're gonna be like, whoa, what are they gonna find? Yeah, I mean in 084 is just like um they can't identify just what it nothing. is. It's yeah. an unidentified. It's like, like a UFO. UFO. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, Thor's hammer was the last one. What's this one? Oh, some bullshit uh, Kree gadget? I don't even remember. Honestly. In the lowest Something. rated episode, season <laughs> one, episode two, they go to a Peruvian temple. Oh, man. They experience some very classical South American uh, militaristic conflict through the lens of uh, North American Western ideology. We'd love to see that on TV. And Agent Coulson has got a little uh, baddie <laughs> that he's interested in. What's her name? Camilla? I don't even know. I didn't write. <laughs> uh, Cody, what do you think about this episode? <laughs> okay, all right, cut that, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of this episode. <laughs> I do, if I'm being honest. Like you said, I mean, the Peruvian chick, just really, I feel like, disrespectful. Um, to a lot of the cultures and stuff specific uh, to Peru. But I think everything in this episode is, is terrible. The CGI on the temple, it's just like, what am I looking at? Um, and then like, uh, we don't, there, it's not really explained like what the backstory is with like this Peruvian chicken Colson. And then <laughs> I guess uh, they were like a flame, um, but then she like turns on him this time and he gets bested. Like, that's embarrassing, dude. You just got this brand new plane. You just got to sign this amazing, like, oh, best team in S.H.I.E.L.D. Or, or whatever to kind of protect you. And, like, two, your first mission, you're, well, you're kind of your second mission, I guess. But I didn't realize mission. that she never appeared again. I thought this was like oh, a yeah. character that you learned about, Cody. That's my bad. Uh, I do want to say it's Camilla Reyes is the character. So I was right there, played Reyes. by Leonor Varela. Uh, she is known for Blade 2. Ooh, okay. She's probably a vampire or something. I don't remember, but that is interesting. Um, but yeah, she definitely does not come back. There's <laughs> there's no need for a recurring character here, I don't think. But I guess like them blowing up the plane is is kind of entertaining. Um, yeah, I want to talk this this episode starts with the end, or you know, I guess the middle kind of yeah. you know, it's they pull a little Christopher Nolan <laughs> on us here. Uh it opens and then we get a what is it, 19 hours earlier. Yeah, I, I I love a good TV episode that starts with a 19 hours earlier. <laughs> I feel like that is a common like television trope for sure. Like, oh, I get, I mean that's a movie trope too. I just watched about. It's tough though when you're like watching them back to back, where it's like episode one ends in cliffhanger. You want to lead right into it. No, we're actually jumping forward in time, and then we're gonna get back to where we were. Yeah, it's like I, you already got me. They're like doing the <laughs> double. I have to get you. Yeah, I'm already hooked. You don't have to get me. You convince me to watch the episode now. In the first five minutes of the episode, you got to get me to keep watching the episode. Yeah, I mean, even when it gets to that point, I don't think it's but trying so hard. It's Josh. crazy interesting. Oh, another random thing I want to talk about when they're at the temple too. Ward has like that device where it's like a super laser spike. He does like a Gronk spike on the ground, and like it's a laser beam out. They're like, get down. Best since Romanoff. I thought that was a, a great gadget use, which um, we don't we don't get a ton of gadgets. I don't think 
like throughout. You get some stuff with Fitz, obviously he's a gadget guy, but Ward specifically, I think that might be his best usage of, of all time there. Yeah, past that, I mean, also they're just like, like a really terrible team. So I feel like you got their intros, you know who they are a little bit in, in uh, the first episode, but now you see like them working together. And it's like the mis- the most dysfunctional group of like five or six people I've ever seen in my life. Um, so I feel like they should have had like more like team bonding training before, you know, we just throw them out in Peru and, you know, if everything goes well uh, with the, the militia coming after them. But yeah, I, I don't really like this episode. I think another, well, I'll throw it over you actually. I got a couple other little say about it. Yeah. I mean, you're 100% right. If it wasn't for May, the Calvary, shout out, great nickname. Uh, coming in to save the day like these people would literally be fucking dead you know <laughs> they're a, a terrible team um and i i do question phil colson's uh leadership abilities in, in these moments and maybe that's why it is so low rated because it's like these guys suck that does come into play later in the season actually multiple people are questioning why phil colson is leading this team i think rightfully so um and at the end you even have like i mean you mentioned him already but you get the Sam Jackson cameo of being like, what the hell are you doing, Golson? <laughs> he only appears in two episodes of the whole show. Yeah. And one of them is the, the end of this great episode. <laughs> and one of them is the lowest rated of all time. So he picked he picked the right one for sure. Maybe this is why he never came back, really. But yeah, I think this this uh, episode's an embarrassment all, all around. Another, um... oh, actually, one good, one positive I had, actually. At the end, there's like that rocket launch uh, scene where they're all kind of sitting around and watching the drinking some brewskis <laughs> yeah i like that a lot like show more of the team bonding i think and that that's like an iconic shot in like the agents of shield lore almost just them like sitting there with the rocket going off so i think from a, a composition and a framing standpoint that would probably be my only positive from the episode yeah i i had that down as something as well it, it, it at least kind of ends with something cool yeah. Um, and, and it's an interesting idea of like, we have to send all this, shoot it into the sun. Uh, yeah. Cause you know, people can't have it. It's like some Superman stuff. Yeah. Just, you know, they're actually, you know, dealing, dealing with, you know, the ideologies of what it means to have superheroes in the real world. Yeah. They're taking action. Um, which doesn't happen that often. So I guess that's cool. We see, we see it a little bit in this episode. Moving on to your pick, Cody. Yeah. Season four, episode 15, self-control. Why'd you pick this one? Yeah, so we're we're really jumping ahead here, all the way to uh, pretty much the end of season four, 2017. Yeah, post Civil War, Doctor Strange, right before Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. I'd say pretty much the prime of uh, the MCU. There, I think there's a a lot of good projects circulating there. But yeah, this episode, I think it's really like in the middle of what I consider to be the best three episode run of agents of shield. I think um, that's one of the downfalls of this format with the show is you don't really get kind of all of the great arcs in one run. Just I needed you to fill me in here. What was going on? Oh, I definitely will. There's a lot of random crap, but I think this fan specifically is really good and it shows off a lot kind of uh the actors, you know, they're not terrible. They do have a little bit of range, I think. And we see that here specifically with some really like emotional scenes. But most of the most of the plot line here, it revolves around artificial intelligence and a lot of LMDs, which is just life model decoys. And in this episode specifically, basically all it is is uh the shield team has been infiltrated. Who isn't by... an LMD? <laughs> exactly. They're all LMDs in a sense 
other than there's a few select people. Uh, you got uh, Sky slash Daisy, whatever you want to call her. Slash Quake. What, how many names does she have? <laughs> well, that's the thing, too. Like, in season one, it's like, oh, you're Sky. And then once we get to season, at the end of season two, it's like, oh, you're Daisy. And then it just keeps changing over. And then, like, season seven, or season, season five, she's like uh, the World Breaker. Some bullshit nickname. That's not even right, I don't think. The, the Destroyer of Worlds. That, that's what it is, actually. Shout out Oppenheimer. Um, but a lot of, a lot of weird names for her. But she is not an oh, LMD in this episode. And also, uh, Simmons is not an LMD in this episode. So that's kind of where the intrigue is at. Just them trying to navigate. There's a lot of cool stuff with, like, in this again you probably didn't get any of this but the lmd of may has been around the entire season so she's kind of a an experienced lmd all these other ones are kind of brand new and were just put in place well and then they're also kind of able to use that i guess a little bit at the end of the episode right like oh, take yeah. advantage of the memories of the real may um that are kind of there and, and you know yeah. talk about colson which i think is interesting so the- I think that like commentary on artificial intelligence is actually pretty interesting because like her programming um, was set up the entire season to uh, pretty much like protect Coulson in a sense. But now that this LMD Coulson has replaced him, it's kind of like she can sort of do whatever she wants in a sense, which I think is a a cool way to look at our artificial intelligence that you don't really see, uh, at least in this show or, or not too much else either. But there's also a lot of random crap. What do you think about uh, Ada, the the main baddie? Dude, it's just kind of forgettable. Like I don't. Uh, this is she's not really there, right? Like she's what's with the guy in the room and the plug <laughs> yeah, and the kid? Yeah. yeah, like I don't know. I wouldn't talk about that. I when I was watching the this, book at the end. Oh, the dark hole, great book. Um, when I was <laughs> watch when I was watching this uh, episode again, um, for this series, I was like. Corbin is going to have absolutely no idea what is going on. So the opening is like this Russian guy in Ada. Terrible acting. Um, also terrible writing, by the way. But basically, this Russian guy has just been like this subplot. And basically, he just turns into an LMD as well and becomes one of her goons. And there's like a hundred of them. So that's kind of cool, I guess. Um, but like the last time recap, that was super important. So hopefully you didn't miss that. I did there. watch that. I The main <laughs> thing I got was people have been replaced which i think was the you know you needed right. to know and another cool thing with that too is like once once ada who's the bad guy here once she captures the team and replaces them with lmds where they go is they kind of get put in like um, this virtual reality in a sense um so they go to this different place uh, basically they pick one regret that they each have and they just change it so it's kind of like going back to maybe one of the most pivotal moments in your life and choosing to go the other way and that's kind of what the setup to the next episode is which i think is really cool as well um the one before it is pretty much just like them getting captured in a sense this one is really just a look at like fitz i'm not uh simmons and um daisy i still don't know what to call her uh in this episode they call her daisy yeah yeah they do um because i wrote that down i said (laughs) sky is daisy now (laughs) yeah but also quake (laughs) right but I think they're acting specifically in uh, the Fitzsimmons scenes uh, where Fitz is obviously an LMD. But I thought we, they were good. I, yeah. I, I thought their relationship dynamic was solid. And obviously they're pretty pivotal. Like they're oh yeah, literally to especially the final couple episodes. 
so it's good to see that like you do like them as opposed to where at the first episode i was like these guys are just fucking annoying oh yeah no they definitely get a lot more like fitzsimmons is is, is amazing um but i think like their specific dynamic where in in the audience is the same we're not sure which one of them is like an lmd and who's not so i think that back and forth in that scene of like who's the good guy who's the bad guy and then fitz just stabbing her uh to sort of reveal that i thought was cool i think that scene is is really intense and then after that the other scene that i like a lot too is when fitz and daisy end up uh kind of teaming up and they're in the same room and it's it's really emotional too like simmons is just uh, you know bawling her eyes out and then eventually, of course, it's revealed, you know, they're they're both humans and stuff and they work together we'll to get out. Action. Yeah. We'll They'll quake it up. So that's kind of why I picked this episode in a sense. I, I kind of just like the direction a lot. Um, and it's kind of just like jam packed in the middle of of a really good three episode run. How does this all get solved? Tell me. Uh, tell yeah. Me. So the conclusion to this, also, one... this, I believe this was a midseason break. So like this episode airs yeah. and then they don't, which is like just from February to April. But it's a weird they take some time off. Yeah. And that was every season too, pretty much where the first 10 episodes are about one thing. And then you have like the mid season finale, which kind of wraps up that storyline. And then we go into something different the rest of the season. So we kind of cut off because uh, the other bad guy, I think that happens in this episode, right? Where she kills uh, the other guy. Uh, what the fuck's his name? Um, the doctor. Oh, yeah. Radcliffe. Right, it is. Yeah. So she kills Dr. Radcliffe, who is kind of the overall bad guy, I think, in the in the first 10 episodes of the season. He kind of goes he from slits this... his wrists and then sticks them out. Yeah, that's what dies. I was talking about. Yeah, that's what I was too. Yeah. Um, so he kind of the first half of the season, he's like this good guy who ends up turning bad and like creates this AI. But then the AI kind of <laughs> cuts the hand that feeds them in a sense, and we go into the second half of the season. But the conclusion of this episode is really cool because it brings back Ward who has been dead the entire season. He uh, he got killed by Coulson on a space planet in season two. And then he came back as an inhuman god in the same season and got killed again um, at the end of that one. So he had a interesting arc, I guess, I guess you could call it. But bringing him back in this, like the mid-season of, of season three, I think is really fun. And then pairing him up with uh, Daisy as kind of they're together or they're married in this new universe. I think it's a really fun twist and um, some of the other stuff in this universe is not as good. You get like Fitz being this maniacal villain under kind of Ada's guard and also his dad is there and he's a massive Scottish dickhead, which I guess is cool. But um, this new world, I think, is even a little bit more interesting than the world that we leave. So I think all, all around like, oh, and they work for Hydra instead of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, I saw it like May works for Hydra and Simmons is dead. And yeah, yeah, which uh, it's just it's kind of interesting taking characters into a completely different direction after you've seen them be so boring for a couple seasons. So I think this specifically was kind of the climax of that. Um, And it led to an actual good season, which uh, I think season four specifically is the only one like top to bottom, I would say is good. Season seven, episode nine. Yeah, yeah. Highest rated, as I have always been. Again, this this one is uh this one's pretty interesting. I can start us off here because mm-hmm. essentially we have Daisy wakes up, she hops out of a medical pad, all this crazy stuff's happening. They're talking about, you know, oh, we're in a fucking time vortex or a time storm or whatever the hell it's coming for us. <laughs> 
um somebody gets blinded i don't know one of the characters and then mac, mac. she hears the time thing you know going off and boom oh shit it's a groundhog day episode um which i do like you know that's always fun it's cool because you can kind of do it as a singular bottle episode thing where you're stuck there for the entire time and then at the end it gets solved um this is fun because you've got kind of her and colson working side by side obviously um we're sent in in the middle of the time loop so there's a lot of stuff that's kind of already happened which is a fun idea as well where it's like every time she dies physically she forgets what's going on so we're kind of jumped in kind of basically halfway maybe or in the middle um and then the entire episode is leading up to this ticking down clock of how many kilometers closer and closer they are um until finally i think they're like down to like like they're literally inside of it basically and they uh yeah. you know spock sacrifices himself and they uh they all live <laughs> That's a great um a great description of the episode, I think. And I agree. I mean, in any sort of like and also in season seven, they do go more like sci-fi. Mm. Um any sort of like this feels time... like a Star Trek episode. That's why 100 percent Yeah. Yeah. And I think honestly it's it's a bit of an homage to a Star Trek episode. The next generation had um one specific, but they had a few others too, like this, but one specific like this almost exactly where uh you're like stuck in a time loop and there's an imminent threat like you said there's kind of a countdown on the clock so i like that uh, i think this episode is amazing um if this wasn't the highest rated this 100 would have been my pick uh we might have to do a, a deep dive into some of our cap episodes here but i have mentioned this in the past as um an underrated show and an underrated episode so we might have to go find that but it's just good like sci-fi tv i feel like in a sense um it, it's kind of weird like what spot we're in like you said colson and daisy are working together here but colson's a robot right uh, yeah colson's <laughs> charging there's also all this like weird stuff of like memory implants and like you can't yeah. like, uh, so it's like that kind of complicates it for me as like in the scheme of this context especially because i had definitely never seen this episode so like i had you know no shot of knowing what was going on and this is so far removed from that like original kind of storyline it, it is kind of hard to track um 100%. this exercise yeah because i mean we're throwing you in the deep end here and there's a lot of characters and stuff that obviously are not explained at all another kind of positive on that though is this episode it kind of it takes some some tips and turns here like it really i think genre blends a lot so obviously the beginning is just like your your classic sci-fi you know time loop like she's just trying to get out of it but then it kind of turns into a couple of different things First off, you have like um it's like Enoch versus everybody else. So they finally get to the conclusion that Enoch, who's another um, he's a chromacon, is what they call him, but he's a robot too, basically. He is the one kind of <laughs> wiping them all out from trying to figure out everything they need to because uh Fitzsimmons is protecting this this really big secret, um, which is revealed later on and not really that important if I'm being honest. But basically his programming is Anytime that they attempt to reveal any sort of secrets that she's trying to keep, he just kills everybody in a sense. But he doesn't realize it. That's just like in his subconscious uh, programming, which I think is fun. Like it's it's a really fun just five minutes of the episode where everyone's just getting wiped out by Enoch constantly. I think Deke dies a couple times. Um, it's pretty funny, but I like how they can go from action to kind of sci-fi. And then the other element in here too, which I 
I think is pretty interesting is the rom-com side. So we have this character. I don't know his name either, if I'm being honest, but basically earlier in the season or something, something like that. Yeah. That sounds close. Sounds close. But earlier in the season, in (laughs) basically he was somebody, they traveled back in time. I believe it was like the the twenties or thirties, like years way back. And he was supposed to die, but they saved him. And they were like, Hey, just come on like our time travel missions through time and space because you're supposed to die in this universe anyways. So it, it kind of all, you know, it doesn't collapse on itself or whatever. But I think his inclusion here of like actually being a romantic kind of co-lead with Daisy is a little bit out of left field. I think when I'm, I saw this for the first time, I wasn't really expecting it, but maybe that's just because I don't really care about, uh, you know, their relationship in a sense, but I think it's actually really, really well handled. And it shows Daniel like Sousa. <laughs> yes, yeah, Sousa. Yeah, yeah. So he's like from, I don't know, the twenties or whatever. Uh, really old, somewhere old between nineteen eighteen and nineteen nineteen. So he's probably from. The oh, he's like from the. No, nah, he's like from the, forties or something. Nineteen fifty five. But basically, he's just some random guy from the fifties, and I really like his development to actually being like a believable love interest for. I mean, basically the the lead of the entire show. So I, I like the romantic elements in here too. Yeah, that that stuff I don't really give a shit about. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, I don't but, either, but I think it's done well. I think time travel's fun. Um, yeah. The ending of this episode is pretty stupid. Uh, it, it's a weird stinger. This is about uh, Daisy's sister. Is that who that character is? Oh. Or is that someone else? It's Someone's good. sister. There was like a weird training thing, like they're shooting glasses or something. There's like a flamethrower. Yeah, I think she was. Yeah, I think that's... um. Oh, I don't remember the exact. It's something with May. That's May's daughter, but she died in the original timeline. Also, with season seven, they do this really, really uh, confusing thing where they they mess up the timeline. So there's one specific character. It's in season one. I don't think uh, we saw anything of him actually, but it's Bill Paxton who plays him, and he ends up being this Hydra agent, and basically. Somewhere along the road with season seven here, when they're doing time travel stuff, uh, somehow Bill Paxton's character gains knowledge that they're time traveling, and then he does the same, but then he saves whoever that girl is. It's it's somebody related to May. I think it's her daughter, maybe. Yeah, I think that's right. I don't know. But basically, he saves her and then turns her bad. But then mm, in the finale... There's someone else. Oh, it's Jia Ying. That's who it is. It's yeah, Cora was the inhuman daughter of Jia okay. Ying. Yeah. Okay, I was close to be fair. So that's Daisy's sister. You are right. You are right. That's what you said, right? Yeah, I said that right off. Okay. Right. Daisy's sister. <laughs> Dude, it's it's too confusing for me to even follow. Um, but yeah, everything with that in season seven is actually pretty bad. Um, so I'm glad we didn't get a ton of that in here because it's just really bad dialogue and really bad acting. Um. And it's really not that interesting either, but yeah, this thing, I, I wanted to ask you about uh, the end of, of kind of the episode before that, where it's like the Enoch sacrifice. Did you get any like, um like a uh, Blade Runner vibes with his, his little speech at the end? Yeah, I, I guess I could kind of see that. There was something with like, he could see the future. I, I didn't really know what. Also these, so he he's one of those chroma things, the, yeah. Oh, the yeah, bad guys of the season, basically right yeah 
Yeah. So, oh man, I think it was it was a season before <laughs> he like rebelled against them in a sense. Ah, to help, okay. To help Fitz out, and then at the beginning of this season, the Chromacons come to Earth because their planet got destroyed for God knows why. But they come to Earth at the beginning because at the end of season five, uh, they time travel again, and the Chromacons are like, "What the hell, dude? Like, teach us how to time travel so we can save our planet." And then they're obviously like, no, we can't do that. That would mess everything up. And then they're just at like all out war, kind of chasing them through time in a sense in season seven. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. But Enoch's a good guy and he does sacrifice himself here. It's his last episode. I, I like him as a character. He's kind of like the deadpan sort of uh, AI character. He's like Data from The Next Generation or any other AI character from any sci-fi movie. So I like kind of having that trope in here and him getting a sacrifice, I think, is is effective for his character's arc. All right, moving on to the finale, season seven, episode 13, What We're Fighting For. This episode, like I said, directed by Kevin Takaroni or whatever, the brother, or the yeah, the brother of Marissa Takarone. This episode picks up off of a cliffhanger of the previous episode for which I did not watch. Um, and then really gets into uh, Fitz just blaring on about timelines and oh, this and that. And uh, it, it loses me pretty quick. But then they say, let's go to the quantum realm. And I'm like, OK, I'm in on this. I know about the quantum realm, Cody. <laughs> um, this episode is interesting because there's this you know somber idea. This is the last like mission. It's kind of all focused on that. The last time we're going to be together, whatever happens here. Yeah. Um, and then really, it's only like. 25 minutes of action or like 30 minutes of action and it's like kind of got to wrap things up i think a lot of that goes into the fact that it is kind of like a two-part finale almost or like a, a lead-in so i missed a lot of like the big story arcs here so uh w- what happened in the previous episode cody <laughs> oh man i don't even know but <laughs> He's, like you said, don't worry about it. I uh, I wanted to shout out the leader of the the I don't know her name, but she's Camille from the show Bones. Shout out to Bones. <laughs> hey, shout out Camille. Hey, we might have to do Bones on the line. I wouldn't hate it. Oh, it's definitely coming up. <laughs> we will don't... Bones it up on a first Friday soon. Get hype. Get hype. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen an episode, so it'll be fun. Um, I mean, this episode, like you already said this, but. Like the plot is just confusing as shit. <laughs> like, like even like jumping into it in this format, I'm like, wait, what happened? How are we here? Kind of just a big mess. From my understanding, it's like the quantum realm is the really important thing there. So Fitz was in the quantum realm trying to figure out how the timelines would all work together, kind of merging from where they started at here in, in season seven. And then it leads to the conclusion that in, in, in the pilot up or not the pilot, the first episode of season seven here, they there's this big thing at this like massive temple. And there's like these people in, in big like hazmat suits walking around and putting stuff down while like the main characters are there. And then at the end of this episode, it's revealed that the people in the hazmat suits, it is the team. So it's kind of like, <laughs> it's like a time fuck almost <laughs> like both teams are there but you just didn't realize it at the beginning of, of the season. I don't know. I think that's what they were trying to go for, for like that kind of interesting reveal in a sense, but it just gets so convoluted that it doesn't make sense. Um, There's some, some interesting stuff here, but 
I think the Fitzsimmons stuff specifically is, is really what holds it together. Um, Fitz too, like he misses pretty much the entirety of the last season because he, um, he had scheduling conflicts. I think he was doing like the show Vikings or some shit. I like how you just always, and I think we've talked about this before where you just like always refer to both of them as Fitzsimmons. Yeah. <laughs> that's their names. I mean, <laughs> Uh, that's a common thing in the show too. Shout out, but yeah, I mean they're they're one entity in a sense. They they're so combined, um, spiritually and physically. I mean you can't separate them. Like the most, I think my favorite theme throughout the show is Fitzsimmons. They they were meant to be together, even though they've gone from the world and back. Simmons was sent into space. Fitz found her. They they'll always come back together, and and uh, they were kind of destined to be together. Which I think is fun in a in a kind of a sci fi show. Destined to have a little um yeah looking kid and that's what i want to say too like i feel like that's kind of what this is leading to it's like oh fitzsimmons has a kid oh my gosh it's like i I really don't care that much but kind of a weird finale also there's like a cavalry shout out um for may at the end like everybody kind of has their little moments of like the series is over like we're gonna give you kind of your arc maybe that i guess you deserve in a sense so yeah i mean may gets to make one last joke about how oh it's just supposed to be the pilot you know after seven (laughs) seasons um and then there's the the weird fight scene between like uh this is daisy they quit they have a quake off cody yeah and in the wiki there's a great uh line i wanted to shout out meanwhile johnson and malik trade quakes and some not so witty banter as they fight as their fight continues with malik getting the upper hand <laughs> I, I love that that had just be written in not witty banter was <laughs> included in the episode i think that's a perfect description i was like but i think that's maybe when a call back to the series altogether of the dialogue's garbage but it was created by the whedons so yeah. uh makes a lot of sense yeah shout out but kind of fast forward to the very end, like you said, I like more of the, it's not, a, a, is it the epilogue? Is that a correct term? It's, it's kind of like the wrap. The, the Zoom actual, meeting. Yeah, the actual wrapping up of the series. Like everything before that was just like, oh, space mumbo jumbo in season seven. But then like the last 10 minutes is actually like, okay, like where are these characters at? You know, 10 years later or whatever, or one year later, I'm sorry, not 10 years. But you kind of just, you get a sort of sense of like, it makes sense that they would break up at this point, but I like that. And then you get the Lola callback at the very, very end, um, which is a pilot callback. So I like that too, but I think the last 10 minutes is my favorite part of this episode. Everything else. I'm honestly surprised this episode is the last 13 minutes. (laughs) Good goal. But I am kind of surprised this episode is rated as highly as it is. I think maybe it's just leaving you satisfied. So maybe that's where that comes from. Yeah, it still is like one of the the higher rated episodes of the the entire series beyond just being the finale. Um, I don't really like the ending. And maybe that's just because like, it doesn't really feel that significant to me. Like, I don't understand why they have to break up at this point. Sure, they could have kept doing missions. But I get over the course of a TV show, you you understand why. Um, My question for you, Cody, is in the back round of the final shots of Coulson you see the Triskelion which is you know Shield's headquarters which gets destroyed in 2014 do you think that this show is like in some alternate timeline or some other world is that how it wraps into the greater MCU or do you just say oh it's all you know different it's not canon doesn't really matter I think that's the easy answer is uh obviously Marvel didn't want this show to be canon 
especially after like the first couple seasons. Um, I don't know. It's it's definitely an interesting concept because as well, like it's not actually Colson, right? I mean, <laughs> this could all be. I don't know. And, and my answer to that is, hey, he gets his car, so <laughs> might as yeah. well be Colson. Yeah, I mean, spiritually, you would think it, it's somewhat him, but I don't know. My my guess at that would be it is an alternate universe, just because of all the weird fucking multiverse mumbo jumbo they did throughout the last season. Canonically, I don't know if that makes sense because I mean, where they're at is like Max now. Mac is uh, he's the whatever the director of Shield, um, and that obviously doesn't line up with the movies. So I think maybe we are just in like a pocket universe in a sense where maybe uh. Maybe that is the real Coulson. I don't know, but definitely not. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's the, also the big idea that like never once over the course of the movies do the original Avengers characters, you know, learn about Coulson being alive or have ever, yeah. you know, being revived, um, which again, would... again, you know, should they have been told anyways, he dies. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, who cares? I think when the, uh, when the show was sort of pitched, I would guess that is what they kind of, were telling them they wanted to do in the later seasons like we'll we'll kind of build you know colson and his team up for the first couple seasons you know make it really good and then oh well maybe maybe bring back colson into a movie or bring the team into a movie and have that cool reveal with like iron man being like dude like you died like i saw you die and we literally won a war because of that i think that kind of interaction would have been interesting to see and i assume that's what they planned but just because the show is so shit I, i don't think we ever got there yeah, and, and obviously the, the greater feuds aside. Um, Cody, did you know that they wanted to use Modoc in the final season of the show, but the the MCU was like, no, we have plans and we yeah. got him in the Quantumania. <laughs> <That's> the <laughs> Which would you have preferred? Would you have preferred the Agents uh, of Shield Modoc? I think probably. I mean, it probably would have been as bad as the one we got in uh in Quantumania. But at least it would have been Agents of Shield, and nobody would have seen it. Um, <laughs> I mean, that CGI on on Corey Stoll's face is is probably one of the worst in in the entire uh, cartography. There, I just don't think there's a good way to do it. Like, I think you have to do that. Uh, like, it's it's gonna look bad no matter what. Like, well, I think can't. you can't. You have to go full weird. Yeah, you can't like put an actual guy's face like in there. I don't think you gotta. Right. <laughs> I think it's got to be all CGI and just make it look like you know a crazy thing floating around not Corey Stoll's massive head floating around i think that was more of a creative issue i guess but i would have liked to see that i think that's that's something that the show struggles with too is like um you know good villains i think marvel in general isn't known for their good villains and then when you're going like super deep cuts for a small tv show like this uh, i think it's it's really pick of the litter in a sense and they didn't have much to work with so they had to do a lot of kind of creative stuff which I don't think is very good, but props to the writers, I guess, in that standpoint, they probably didn't have the most uh, sort of subject material to base a lot of the stuff on. Yeah, no Modoc, so <laughs> True. Top five, Cody. I'll admit, mine's uh, pretty lame, so I'll go first, and you right, can uh, hopefully uh, back me up here. Top five times that they should have just called the Avengers or maybe mm. even just Hawkeye. <laughs> and I mean, the thing is, it's five episodes, so it's really just the episodes in order. Uh, I think yeah. the least, you know, big of an issue is actually the time loop thing. Like they, they got that handled. And also what would the, you know, 
what are you going to do? Call Hawkeye to c- come save you from a time vortex? I just don't think that sure. works. Um, so that'll come in at number five. Number four is going to be the pilot episode because it's just a big fucking superhero guy that's like causing havoc. Give me any Avenger. Give me just a rant. You know, what are you doing on Friday, Captain America? You know, like this is kind of your job protecting people. I don't come down, yeah. help us out. Punch the guy in the face and then we'll be good. Number three is going to be episode two, going down to Peru. I think, you know, crossing international borders, obviously, you know, later that gets the Avengers in some trouble. But again, maybe you should have a little bit of assistance. I don't know. Vision isn't around yet, but, you know, this would be the perfect task for him. He's close. Moving on to number two, LMDs. This is pretty serious. People are getting replaced. I think you might want to call some, uh, you know, some real help. Uh, Tony Stark is, you know, potentially available. He does know a thing or two about tech at the very least. Um, get Pepper Potts in on it. Like, I'm sure she could help you out. Um, and then finally, Chromanomicons, Cody. What are we doing? The Hulk smash a Chromanomicon and it's all solved. I agree. I want to see him smash an entire ship. Um, that's a good point. I mean, it's, it's such an obvious flaw of this show too, like, Paulson has all of their numbers in his phone, like a hundred percent. So just like call Thor one time and, and you'll be good. It's um, like when, you know, Fury waited 10 years to call Captain Marvel until he was, yeah. you know, being dusted <laughs> away. It's like, I guess this is the time. It wasn't when the Shatari were going to nuke yeah. the earth. It's real convenient. Yeah. <laughs> but that is funny too. I mean, the, the LMD episode as well, like the entire shield operations get blown to bits. So You'd think some big wig would be there, and be like, "What the fuck's going on?" At least, um, good list though. I, I do like good health. Um, I'll jump into mine. My theme is the top five character changes from pilot to the finale. Nice. So I kind of wanted to look at the overall arc here. I'll start at the bottom. I'll start with number five. I'm gonna go like you said. They're one person, Fitzsimmons. They didn't really change too much. They kind of, like you said, went from like preppy super nerds who are kind of annoying. To like time traveling, lovable nerds, mega geniuses who can like detect and navigate between dimensions and timelines. So they're badass. I mean, how can you not love them? But they're already lovable from uh from the get go. I think. Uh, so I'm gonna go number four to my boy Ward. I mean, obviously he just went from a fake good guy to being dead uh twice. Shout out to Colson for us <laughs> for literally collapsing his chest the first time. And then uh, he came back again as like the ultimate inhuman bad guy. And I think he got killed by Sky or Daisy. Probably. Who knows? Um, but I like that that transition. Uh, number three, it's going to be the aforementioned Sky. I mean, you go from Sky to Daisy to the Destroyer of Worlds. Uh, and she kind of started out, too, as like this rising tide anarchist to being like the leader of this super government organization. So I think her character movement is pretty interesting there as well. So she'll slot in at three. Uh, getting down to the nitty gritty here. Number two, I'm going to go with the main man, Phil Coulson. I mean, he literally goes from a crazy person to a robot uh, from season one to season seven. So I don't know how it gets much better than that. But there's something better than that. Wrapping it up, my number one literally. is going gonna, is gonna to be uh, Agent Melinda May. She starts off by being a silent badass. And she ends by being a silent badass. So sometimes less is more, Corbin. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I, I'm not sure about the change there. Um, if you have a good character, 
you don't need change. And she's one of the only good characters. So May's definitely number one. Well, Ming-Na Wen has been a badass uh, for a really long time. And shout out to Milan. True. Also, shout out, uh, uh, whatchamacallit? Street Fire? Nah, uh, Star Wars. Uh, which one is she in? Oh, she's in... Uh, she's in Mando. And uh, yeah, she's Mandalorian. in... Uh, she's the... Uh, Book of Jango Fett. Or Boba yeah, Fett. Yeah, unfortunately seen, actually, for her. But, yeah. yeah. can't remember that character's name. Um, nah. Finnick Shand would actually be what it is. Because uh, it's right in front of me. <laughs> Good poll. Cody, what do you want to pitch? New <laughs> yeah. season? Spinoff? Miniseries? Is it the Fitzsimmons show? Have you been alluding all episode Ooh. to it? I would really like a Fitzsimmons show, but I'm not going to pitch that. I think um, kind of going, I, I talked about a little bit, like as the show went along, it kind of just became like anthology seasons in a sense. Mm. And I mean, you had some good space seasons, you had some bad space seasons, but especially like the last, I mean, uh, season six uh, specifically is like a really, really bad space season. So I, w- I want to keep it on earth, I think. And I think street level is probably the best that the show works in a sense. Who's more street level in the MCU than, than motherfucking daredevil. Um, <laughs> honestly, I don't know how this wasn't kind of already integrated in the show already. They bring in like decently big enough characters. Like I was saying, ghost Rider was Charlie was Cox. Heavily featured. I would like Charlie Cox. I mean, if we can't get him, I guess we can't get him, but and um, Affleck. <laughs> I'm game for that too. If I'm being honest, but I don't think Benny boy is going to, be doing any tv anytime soon but it's kind of just like the different tones would i think be interesting as well because agents of shield obviously has more of a campy kind of side to it but daredevil is about as serious as a mofo gets so i think that kind of um throwing the tones against each other when they don't really work would be pretty fun just because we wouldn't have (laughs) so much of the bullshit that we deal with i guess in, in the normal agents of shield and there'd be a lot more gore and get death so i think it'd be fun yeah throw in uh the Cox man season eight 75 percent of the episodes Charlie Cox's Daredevil's there you got to get a little bit of the echo character and you get one She-Hulk episode it's Dayarn it's gritty it's street level it's in the city of New York then you go season eight Cody and you go full horror you bring in Mahershala Ali you do Blade they're fighting vampires they're fighting ghosts the werewolf by night guy is there Gail Garcia Bernal uh, and they're going crazy, Cody. You know, maybe bring in Jon Snow, too. Who knows? Um, that wasn't really my pitch, though. Uh, <laughs> but I like where we're going. It was going. good. I think it was good. We're yeah. all over it. Yeah. Uh, Agents of Sword, Cody? Question mark? Uh-huh. Is that what Secret Invasion should have been? Is what I think it, you thought it was technically going to be? I think it technically was, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't watch it. See, that's <laughs> the problem. Colby Smolders. Let's, uh, Kobe Smolders. Let's give her the full season run hire this woman to have her own tv show where it is yeah sure in space fighting Cree, whatever i don't care that's Which basically better, they, horror season or that's or basically what they did with, <laughs> that was kind of the start of season seven really that was daisy just out on the run kind of fucking shit up in space i guess really um, i just i want give me if i guess you know what we'll bring in daredevil and kobe and that'll just be the next season just bring her back does does she get to survive more in one episode or yeah yeah like i'll, okay. I'll give her a full season run make her part of the team she's or she's got to restart the team up that's going to be the new she comes in and she's like i'm i like we need a new agents of shield team 
I think the Marvel team's probably not gonna like it based off of uh, <laughs> what I've seen. But I'm down. That's not because yeah, she's probably you know a bad person. Congrats to the uh, fucking AI generated show. <laughs> Just, uh, sorry, just the I final would, sequence. I would recommend the, the first episode of Secret Invasion. Um, after that, no, nah, no, nah, nothing, nothing there. But the first episode, it's uh, you'll get what I'm talking about if if you watched, obviously. But I'd recommend that at the at the least. Yeah, I liked when uh, Amelia's Clark's arm did that thing. Was was Dave Batista? Shout yeah. out, uh, shout out, Dave. Come shout on, the pod. Dave. Shout out, Dave, on the set of uh, or on the the DC lot today. Hanging with James mm. Gunn, making money boys. moves. We'll see what happens. Cody, more or less, should we watch more than these five episodes? I would say no. I think I think five is pretty good. You get to learn how it ends, and committing seven seasons of your life to this TV show at this point, where there will never really be any connection or like reattachment to the greater MCU. I just think is uh zero sum game at that point you're not gaining anything i think that's very fair obviously i i have no points to argue against there um i'm kind of cheating here I, I i'm gonna say uh you know some more and some less uh i want to see a lot less of what i had to watch for season one <laughs> uh really painful um but like i said i think that that three season the 50 run, give us the 50 episodes you should watch yeah i think this the three season run from uh the We'll go the second half of, of season two all the way through season four. I think it's, it's decent enough where, like you said, it, it may take a little bit of time to get through. They are long episodes. Uh, like I said, it's it's not very good writing. It's not very good acting. But I think from the character standpoint and their arcs, I think that is by far the only really great part of the show. And then I would fast track to season seven as well. I'd recommend that too, just because... It's a lot of fun. That that was basically like they weren't even gonna come back and do a last season, but they're like, screw all the storylines that we set up. Like, let's just go have fun and and do some weird sci-fi stuff. So, I'd recommend that as well. But I am yeah, surprised that, it got made, honestly. Oh yeah, and that there was a a massive struggle, I believe, over it because season six ratings were terrible, and also um, it's genuinely one of the worst seasons of television I've ever watched in my life. Um, so I don't know <laughs> well, how this airs. Right I mean, after Endgame, I mean that's, that's yeah. kind of yeah. I think it was just because it like you I mean it was a fairly popular show throughout its run. So I think there were some people, myself included, but probably not too many others, like clamoring for, you know, one last season to kind of wrap everything up on a more positive note than than what we got in season six. But yeah. But like I said, a little bit more, a little bit less. That's kind of my uh my whole vibe on the show. I feel like just if it is good vibes, I'd watch it, but <laughs> sometimes it's really not. If you love Marvel and like you've expanded like if you've exhausted everything cinematically and you need to you know <laughs> dive you've watched deeper, everything else agents of shield will scratch an itch <laughs> if you've literally watched every other piece of superhero content and for some reason you still want more this is the show for you there are a lot of better superhero television shows i would recommend i will say them now uh the boys uh True. peacemaker I'll say Loki season one. I liked. <laughs> <laughs> what about I like a Daredevil? Uh, I don't really love Daredevil season Not two. I like Daredevil season one. It's amazing. Season three is pretty good too. Wandavision, that's a good. Oh show. yeah, Miss Marvel. Yeah, Jersey City. I will say, and I and I think I've said this many times on the podcast. Every time you bring up Agents of Shield, I got to bring it up. In the first season, they visit 
Muncie, Indiana. I don't know if it is the first season. I think it's the. I checked season. earlier at the top of the episode. I'm pretty sure it's the sixth season. There's also Muncie. Se- I, think I think they do both. I think they go back. There's two. Episodes. Yeah, they get uh whatever it is the the building in Muncie gets bombed in season six. So that's pretty interesting. Phil Coulson and John Garrett travel to Muncie as one of the random teams chosen to investigate the candidates rejected from the index as possible identities for the clairvoyant. All I remember yeah. is they literally there go there. That's season one. They don't actually shoot, obviously, but they go there and they're like, oh, there's construction. Shit, we can't get around it. And then they're like, nope, it's not this person. And then they leave. Yeah, that's uh, Bill Paxton. Uh, He's uh, John Garrett. Shout out. uh, Apparently later there actually is, there's stuff with like a student at Ball State. Probably. Um, I think it's Logan Lerman or whatever, or whatever the the guy who looks like him is. Yeah, there's some cool Indiana uh, connections. I mean, you gotta you gotta film somewhere on a low budget, so might as well come to to Muncie. Well, Cody, this has been the Agents of Shield. I will never be uh, speaking about it again on this podcast. So <laughs> we might have a, a permanent moratorium on Agents of Shield talk, unfortunately. But I appreciate uh, doing this episode with me, Corbino. And uh, if you guys are still hanging around, I appreciate it as well. Kind of is a a fun, passionate one for me that that I wanted to talk about for a while, but. We'll get into more classic television as we go throughout the months here. But yeah, I think this is a fun episode. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll look forward to more First Friday Five in the new year. Absolutely. Stay capping. Peace. Peace. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.